0: All right, well, welcome back to uh, another edition of the Boulders Extra podcast uh, on this uh, Wednesday as uh, we get ready for a Big Ten championship game. Those of us that cover Purdue, this is usually not a week that we're busy when it comes to football. So it's never happened before. Purdue wins the Big Ten West outright when didn't think that they would win it outright or have a chance to play in a championship game until Nebraska beat Iowa uh, on Friday. So... This is a new experience for me, but it's not a new experience for our guest who's going to break down Michigan for us, uh, Andrew Kahn from MLive.com. I've uh, been covering football and basketball uh, five, six years up there, does a great job and uh, knows everything there is to know about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Andrew, hello. Thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, happy to do it, Mike. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not a grizzled veteran with the Big Ten championship stuff. You know, Last year was Michigan's first appearance ever in the game, just to be clear, but. I see your point. You
0: have won, and I have none. There we go. <laughs> Although I've been down there many a times just not to cover Purdue. All right, let's get into this Michigan team. 12-0, uh, that's what they want to be. I thought they would be there. Um, and and uh, to me, you start with Michigan, you start with your defense. But they also had to replace a whole lot coming into this year. Is that just a uh, – okay, they're just recruited really well they've got high level players they are just kind of plugging them in every year as guys move on to the nfl or graduate they just got they got a pipeline going
1: yeah i mean that that was the big question really coming into this season i mean there there were a few but i think that was the biggest was how would the defense look without you know the key stars that they lost um you know aiden hutchinson is a big one that that everyone knows (laughs) number two pick in the nfl draft uh they lost Dax Hill, you know, a, a safety who was also a first-round pick. Um, David Ajabo would have been a first-round pick if it wasn't for, you know, uh, an injury, uh, you know, leading up to the draft, but still winning the second round. Um, and there, there are others or other veterans on that on that team that, you know, weren't as as highly touted by by the NFL, but but still, this was this was a unit that had to replace a lot. And oh yeah, its defensive coordinator left. For the NFL too, Uh, you know, returning to the Baltimore Ravens, um, you know, he went from one Harbaugh brother to another, (laughs) and then back to the other brother when when a job opened up. Um, But you know, what Jim Harbaugh did was was get the guy who was kind of second second choice, you know, the the first time around, and you know, goes from Mike McDonald to Jesse Minter, who had uh, you know just a similar pedigree and would run a similar style. So while Last year was an adjustment sort of schematically for how Michigan wanted to play defensively. It really wasn't this year for, for the players. It seemed like it was year two in the system, even though it was year one for this new defensive coordinator. Um, but, yeah, the, Jim Harbaugh called it leading up to the season, and he's, he's continued to use this phrase, this no-star defense, where there's, there's no true star, but maybe maybe they all are stars, and the unit can shine um, even without you know individuals you know, maybe getting those, those accolades or whatever. Um, and that's, man, that's been the case this year. Um, you know, especially in the second half, which is maybe some of what we can talk about later, but, um, Michigan has just been so good, uh, you know, on that side of the ball, making adjustments and, and kind of, you know, wearing teams down, which goes hand in hand with the way they play offense too. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been impressive. And you, you saw it again, um, this past Saturday holding Ohio State, um, you know, to half of its, its, you know, season average in, in points um the Big 10 might not have had the most prolific offenses across the board this season but you know certainly Ohio State was one of them and you know Penn State a uh, very good team that they got to 10 regular season wins but you know couldn't do much against Michigan's defense so um yeah they don't they don't quite generate the same pass rush as they did last year which you know is to be expected with with those names that I that I mentioned they lost but um you know they still find a way to put enough pressure on the quarterback to Uh, You know, cause some havoc back there, and you know, very sound tackling, and um, you know, don't force a ton of turnovers, but you know, are opportunistic when when those when those chances are there. Certainly were again this past Saturday. So, just a really solid, uh, strong defense, um, even without maybe uh, the sum is greater than uh, you know the whole is greater than the sum of the parts,
0: if you will. Um, I mean, we know where their strengths are. We know how good they are. We know what they can do across. Each level of the defense, but as you've watched them play all year, is there an area too that might be more vulnerable than others? That whether you know, obviously, no other team has penetrated that that, but maybe Purdue could potentially exploit on Saturday.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw out maybe where they're not as great, and, and you know, of course, you can tell me whether Purdue <laughs> is equipped to to take advantage. I, their linebackers are are not. Uh, exceptional. They, they've, they've proven to be maybe better than, than thought. Junior Colson has been, has been strong. Michael Barrett really has come on, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a veteran player for this team, getting his first real chance to, to start and then play a lot of snaps on that defense. Um, but, you know, especially in coverage, That might not be ideal but I don't know that that's kind of the case for a lot of teams where linebackers are kind of the mismatch in the passing game sometimes right but um that's something that they they could struggle with um you know good passing teams in general that that was the thought again if you had asked me a lot of these things before last Saturday's game against Ohio State I would have been maybe a little less optimistic but given the way they performed in that game now you start to wonder you know really if there are any serious cracks with this defense but um you know still a, a quarterback that can really you know sling it around with some some good receivers um that's more of a way to beat michigan i think than on the ground
0: right well Purdue produce Purdue, had good balance this year um offensively running the ball and throwing the ball but they're not i, I would say they're not as, as explosive as they have been in the past um they basically have three main weapons on offense. You count the quarterback, four. Then you have Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, the tight end, and then the running back, Devin Mockabee and then O'Connell. Uh, so I, they're not going to be an explosive team, uh, and the fact that Michigan held down probably the Big Ten's most explosive team uh, on Saturday probably doesn't bode well for for Purdue. But um, switching to the offense, when When Jim Harbaugh went with the, okay, let's play Cade McNamara this game and JJ McCarthy this game and then have a little bit of a tryout here to see who's best. What was kind of your opinion of that and did they, did they eventually settle on the right guy?
1: It gave us plenty to write about leading up to the season (laughs) and in those early weeks, that's for sure. Um, it's funny. Did they settle on the right guy? It like a lot of us were talking about how even going into that Ohio State game, like, would Michigan have been an 11 and0 with Cade McNamara too like maybe uh like because JJ McCarthy didn't really need to win them that many games so it was a lot of the same complaints uh you know from fans that you had heard this the season prior where oh you know yeah we're just leaning on our run game and our defense to win games it's I don't know it's a it's certainly a stereotype of some Michigan fans they're they're not happy unless they're unhappy um and you know nitpicking these things even when the team is <laughs> undefeated and in the top five and all that, but uh, yes, I, I think they did in, in the end. You know, McNamara then got got hurt before um, you know at the at the end of sort of that competition. McCarthy had already won it essentially, but um, McNamara was still getting into games at the end, um, got hurt and didn't know it at the time, but it turned out to be you know a season-ending injury that required surgery. He's now in the transfer portal. But uh, yes, I mean McCarthy has first of all the running ability that McNamara does not have. Um, and I don't think you can ever fully quantify what that means to an offense even if he's not actually posting big yards as, as a rusher defenses have to account for that and maybe that opens up things for for the other running backs or for the passing game and i think it i think it did um and you know he, he he's got the stronger arm he's got he, he was plenty accurate for for most of the year uh, you know a high completion percentage the deep ball was was a big thing and Again, I keep I keep saying this, but like Saturday just answered so many of those questions. Suddenly, Michigan is just throwing the ball downfield and hitting hitting big pass plays, um, you know, all over the place when that was the one ingredient that was missing and it really shouldn't have been missing given, you know, McCarthy's talent. I think it's partly on the receivers too that that was like that's something that this team is maybe missing. But I'm not sure it, it'll affect them on Saturday, but you know, for a team with national championship aspirations, I'm not sure there's that true NFL receiver on this team. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think they they definitely, given where they are, they they made the right choice. And he he's just he's really respected in the locker room. Uh, McCarthy is, and um, yeah, brings brings so much to the table uh, as a quarterback.
0: You know, their strength is the running game, and it's going to be the running game. They have a great offensive line. What's uh, Blake Corum status as of Wednesday and? How much do you think that uh, they'll play him with the idea that, okay, this is a game that Michigan should win? Let's get him healthy for the 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 two you know potentially two big games at the end
1: of the year. I don't know how Jeff Brom is, but Jim Harbaugh does not talk about injuries <laughs> really at all, and he never really has. But this year, especially, he's just kind of just gone with the straight you know no comment, no update. Um, you know it's it's been it's been tough, but. uh I tried to I tried to maybe get cute and ask around this uh with him uh on on Monday, kind of saying what you just did, hey, you know, you're calling this the biggest game in the world, but maybe regardless of what happens, you'll have an even bigger game in the world right. like a few weeks from then, how will that affect your decisions? And instead he just uh starts praising the training staff for how they got guys ready for the Ohio State game. So, you know, I tried. Um so I don't know. It's a good question. It seems from what Blake Corm has said, it's just sort of this nagging thing where there's, there, there's you know, he's, it doesn't seem like he's worried about maybe doing any more damage to, to his leg, whatever exactly the issue is. Um, so it's just how effective he can be. And against Ohio State, the answer clearly was not very. I mean, he was out there on the first um, series, but, you know, only I think got five snaps when all was said and done, two carries um, before – you know, basically getting replaced by Donovan Edwards and others. So I don't know. It could be a similar thing where he dresses, he gives it a go and sees how it is. Or maybe after the way last Saturday went, it's more of a kind of a shutdown situation. I, I, we don't know, um, to be effective on the ground, Michigan needs at least one of those two guys, Cormor Edwards, and and they, they got Edwards against Ohio state Mm -hmm. and, you know, given the nature of his injury, you know, broken hand of some, some bones in his hand, um, I think he proved he could still he could still be effective. Um, you know, there's no concern there about further injury. I don't think so. Uh, I think I would expect him to still be out there, but Quorum kind of remains uh, the proverbial, you know, kind of game time decision. All
0: right, it's it's very dangerous to compare scores and compare what happened in in games uh, between teams. You know, Michigan plays Illinois. Purdue beats Illinois. And you can't really try to size up anything in that game but what did Illinois do in that game to push Michigan to the limit where they needed a field goal at the end to win and is there i mean can is there a blueprint blueprint for Purdue maybe to follow a similar path
1: yeah i think i think that's a great point uh what did they do let's see on on defense they turned Michigan into a passing team i mean they really shut down Michigan's run by you know a lot of run blitzing, especially on you know early downs. Um, and that was you know, again, quorum was got hurt in that game, right? So it's kind of a, a, a scramble mode situation for Michigan. I think you know, last week they knew going in that how, how maybe a, a better plan to deal with quorum's absence potentially. Um, in game, it didn't go so well. Um, and uh, with Edwards was out for that game already, he didn't play in that game, so now they're turning to you know, unproven guys in some cases, you know, true freshmen. <laughs> um like cj stokes who just really hadn't got that many carries all year when you have a eisman contender um you know he, he's getting the ball a lot you know throughout the season um so yeah it 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 didn't go very well for them on on the ground um so then they're, they're turning to the passing game on you know a very cold uh you know windy day um which is uh, it's not an excuse this is the big 10 this is kind of what you expect in november but um obviously won't be a factor <laughs> this is a saturday indoors um but uh, yeah, this is uh, that that's what they did, and it you know it, it worked um, you know for a good part of the game as far as you know preventing Michigan from you know putting up a lot of points on the other side of the ball. Um, you know I think Illinois negated a lot of Michigan's pass rush uh, with some some quick throws. Um, you know he was not he was not stepping back and you know looking for you know waiting trying five six <laughs> seconds for routes to develop. He didn't have to, um, and you know Illinois was able to do just enough, but. Let's not act like they, you know, put up 500 yards and 40 points on Michigan. It was right. it was really the defense that that kept Illinois in that game. But you know they had a, they they have a pretty good running back of their own in Chase Brown, and he had a he had a very strong game, cracked 100 yards, and uh yeah they they played ball control football. They kind of played the way Michigan liked to play for much of the year, and and did it just as well or even better than Michigan for a good chunk of that game, but. In the end, Michigan, you know, on the fourth quarter, as, as it has so often this year,
0: right? Uh, you, you're not in the college football playoff room. You don't know what's going through their mind. Um, does Does Michigan need any more style points this weekend, or they, do they just need to win the game and they're they're secure for uh, what, whatever spot they they end up? They're going to be one of the top four teams in the college football playoff.
1: Yeah, I was at uh I was at a Michigan basketball game, Big 10, uh, you know, Big 10 <laughs> challenges, you know very well last night, but I did I did wa- uh, read the transcript of, you know, the committee chair's comments and you know refused to answer whether a uh, hypothetical of, you know, what would happen to these cuz the four teams that are right. currently in the spots are all playing, the teams that are behind them are not, uh but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it is kind of the answer he gave. I don't know. I I I feel like the history of the committee has shown they value the better wins more than like a, you know, quote unquote bad loss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, beating Ohio State, for example, and the win over Penn State, like those will carry more weight than a loss to, you know, a, a Purdue. I mean, right. not, I don't want to say a lesser team, but a team lower in the rankings than those mm-hmm. opponents. So, um, you know, they still got to the Big Ten championship. Um, a loss there, I, I don't think at, at number two would be, would be enough to, to knock them down I mean there, there still need to be four teams that are selected for this 14 playoff and you know who, who are you comparing them to then I mean the, the, Ohio State right now is the the next team in it's hard to see them taking Michigan's place right so right. Mm-hmm. um they're probably in regardless but yeah I don't know don't tell that to Jim Harbaugh <laughs> in Michigan I mean they they very much you know they have four goals for the season they, they've achieved two of them by you know beating each of their main rivals and number three here is, is win a Big Ten championship, and they didn't do that last Saturday. They got to the game, but you know they, they want to finish the job just like they did last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's really there's really no other team waiting in the wings to take Michigan's spot. Now, there might be somebody, Ohio State could take USC spot if USC would fall in the Pac-12 championship game, but there's really nobody else there. I mean, outside of a, I, I don't know how bad Purdue would have to beat Michigan for Michigan to drop. Because you're, you're getting back to the same comparison. Michigan beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. How do you put Ohio State in and not Michigan in?
1: I mean, and exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you're talking about, a lopsided loss for <laughs> Michigan, I mean, that's, that's really hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, I've, right. I've, I've you know, covered college sports now long enough <laughs> to know that no, no game is a lock, that's for sure, no outcome. But to seeing a Purdue blowout, win is is just really hard for me to to envision so um yeah i i, I think Michigan's probably in regardless but i don't know they don't they don't want to they don't want to limp in they want to they want to go as as big 10 champs um and uh yeah hang, hang another banner for it
0: right it's interesting i uh and this has nothing to do with saturday's game but the last time purdue and michigan played was 2017 yes. at ross aid stadium that was jeff brown's first year purdue was uh, Purdue needed a trick play to put a, put themselves in position to score. So Michigan's defense in 2017 was still very good, yep. <laughs> as they are now. But
1: I'm, I'm I'm glad we're seeing this matchup. I mean, there was there were a lot of scenarios going into these final couple weeks, and, and including that just those last that last weekend, Iowa right. looked like you know they had a they were in great position to to get it, and you know you, you didn't know if Illinois you know uh, the combinations could work that they could they could have the the rematch. But I don't know a lot of a lot of Michigan folks are. Um, just from a, it's something new. You know, right. They didn't play this year and they haven't played since 2017. Right. Um, you know, which is, it's, again, I, I think it's unfortunate with the way the divisions work out that, you know, you don't play your own division, you know, your own, uh, conference teams for, for so long. But, um, yeah, good to have, uh, you know, some, a uh, fresh face, I guess, in, in this Big Ten championship.
0: But then I, because Purdue in that game in 2017, they were 0, 0 at 12 on third down. So wow. I'm like, okay. How far does this go back? So I looked at the last four meetings between Purdue and Michigan, and you go back to 2010. Mm-hmm. Purdue is six of 53 on third down against Michigan in that time sprint. Wow!
1: Wow! Yeah, I mean, obviously this is like for Michigan, as you know, you heard it's like multiple defensive coordinators know, <laughs> right. and, and this is the personnel, help, but. Hard to ignore.
0: Well, but, you know, it has nothing to do with Saturday because (laughs) the the names and the faces have changed so much, but the philosophy of their defense has not, regardless of who who their head coach has been and who's ever been calling the plays. But that's it's a very, very stout program. right, Ian
1: O'Connell was a quarterback in 2010 for them, right? I I think he's the same. Yeah, he's uh, been...
0: He's been here long enough to do all that. Actually, they have a seventh-year player on their team, but he's not the quarterback. He's a linebacker. Ah, Love it, love it. All right, well, Andrew Kahn has been kind enough to join us today on the Boilers Extra podcast at Breakdown Michigan. Uh, He he works at MLive.com, does a great job covering the, the Wolverines. He also dabbles in basketball, so we'll see him at some point in the Big Ten season and see if Purdue can still... Purdue basketball still on the roll that it has. We'll we'll find out here shortly if that if that if that continues. But uh, Andrew, appreciate your time. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. No
1: problem. See you Saturday.
0: Recordings. Once again, thanks to Andrew for joining us on the Boulders Extra podcast and uh, breaking down Michigan, getting a good insight of what what Purdue's going to face on uh, on Saturday, and it'll be it'll be a very very difficult challenge. It's, as you know, uh, but you know Purdue's in this position. Um, you know, good for them that they they did win the West. They won it outright. Never happened before. And with the, the divisions going away, most likely after next year, um, the uh, the opportunity to win a division title will not be there for a lot of teams, and including Purdue. So, um, but the, you know, they they I think they're enjoying the week. They are. Um, you know, getting ready for the game and getting, uh, you know, kind of soaking up what, what this week is all about. And they've, you know, they've got a couple of players that have been through it Charlie Jones and Tyron Tracy at Iowa. You know, they were, they were with the Hawkeyes last year when they played in it. So they have an idea of what this week is about and how to keep your focus and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, produce a big underdog, uh, as they should be in this game and, um, see if they can survive the early wave and, um, you know, just get to get to the the end of the first quarter in good shape good shape, into the first half in good shape, into <laughs> the third quarter in good shape, and then kinda of see what happens uh after that. Uh in case you uh uh you missed it, uh Charlie Jones was first team All Big Ten. That came out on Wednesday. Payne Durham and Aiden O'Connell, second team all big ten. Uh Purdue had other players that uh, earned honorable mention status. So, probably reflective of the year that they had. Um, there, there was probably a little bit of disappointment, uh, that no defensive player, uh, made first, second, or third team. But, um, you know, when you play the number of guys you play on the, on the defensive line that they do. And, uh, you know, I thought Branson Dean and Lawrence Johnson had really good years. And, you know, I've said this before, Kydrin Jenkins, I think is the team MVP, uh, from a, from a defensive standpoint. And Jack Sullivan, had, had good years. But when, you know, you line up their numbers, uh, with some of the others in the Big Ten, they're gonna come up a little bit short. Uh, but it doesn't diminish the impact they've had uh, with Purdue. And I think the defensive line has really, uh, come along, uh, and played uh, a lot better later in the year. They've gotten more production. Uh, they've tried to help the secondary out by getting, uh, some sacks and tackles for loss to, to help those guys, uh, hope maybe do their, their job. Uh, a, a little bit better, but um, tough game for Purdue on Saturday. It'll be you know they they they've got a you know they have a small margin for error, no secret about that, and they've got to uh, um, you got to avoid the mistakes, you got to avoid the the bad penalties, you got to avoid the turnovers, you got to avoid all that stuff to uh, to have a chance. And you know there's you know Purdue's bound for a really good bowl regardless what happens Saturday. Uh, now a lot of you know, a lot of pieces still have to fall in place, but, um, you know, assuming that Michigan stays in the college football playoff, um, does Ohio State get in if, if USC would lose? Um, you know, does Purdue, or not Purdue, does the Big Ten get two in the New Year's Day six? Um, still questions to be answered. You know, Penn State might have an opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl, uh, if Michigan wins because Ohio State was just there. Uh, and you have a, you know, you could have a rematch of Ohio State and Utah, which uh, I think the bowls would like to avoid. So Penn State could actually leapfrog Ohio State and go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, and that would put Ohio State uh, in another New Year's Six. Um, so uh, that would, uh, um, you know, that would... Uh, help Purdue in a way, you know, as long as you get, as long as the Big Ten has, there was an email that popped in that I needed to look at, by the way, Uh as long as you have one in the playoff, two in the New Year's Six, New Year's Six, and I think Purdue would be bound for Florida at that point, probably the Citrus Bowl, because Iowa was there last year, and, um, you know, I think that's kind of where they would... Where they would fall at that point, but I, I do think they're going to be in Florida now. If they actually win the game on Saturday, um, Purdue would be guaranteed a, a New Year's Six bowl, not necessarily the Rose Bowl, but they would they would have a New Year's uh, Six bowl, depending on how the matchups would go, what the Rose Bowl would want to do. I think the Rose Bowl would always want to try to protect the Big Big Ten, Pac twelve match up as, as much as they can. Uh, but there'll be some things out of their control if, if Purdue would win that game. Uh, but Purdue would then be, as a champion of a conference, they would be part of that New Year's Six. So they could end up anywhere. Uh, ideally you want to end up in the Rose Bowl because that's, that's what the Big Ten champion does. Goes to the Rose Bowl. Uh, and Purdue hadn't been there for over 20 years. You know, you would think that, uh, it would be a huge deal, uh, to do that. So Purdue's gonna, gonna have a, a good bowl out of this. Uh, now the question then becomes who's, who's gonna play in it? Who's gonna be healthy enough to play in it? Who's gonna opt out of it? And all those things are gonna happen. Uh, they just are. It's the way, you know, Purdue's not immune to some of the, the issues that are facing college football. You know, George Karloftis and David Bell opted out last year. Uh, so you you're you're gonna have players opt out regardless of what bowl Purdue's in and um, you know it's just that's just the way it is but you know Purdue had a patchwork team last year that beat Tennessee doesn't mean it, it would happen again, but you know there's gonna be some guys that play in the big Ten championship game that don't play uh, in the uh in the bowl game by their choice or or something else happens uh, to them that they are not uh they're not allowed to play uh, in the uh, in the bowl game. If you if you catch my drift. Uh, the other thing I thought of when I actually recorded this uh, interview and podcast with uh, Andrew in, in Tallahassee because uh, basketball plays Wednesday night at Florida State. Um, you know the last time Purdue played Michigan, 2017 at Ross Stadium, and if you. If you remember that that's Jeff Brown's first year, they played Louisville tough in in Lucas Oil. Um, Then came back home and beat Ohio soundly. Went to Missouri and just pounded Missouri. And then Michigan was coming in, and at that point, that was a huge game for Purdue because they were having success and people were excited about the program and. What Jeff Brom had brought had bought to the program, and um, there was a lot of build-up for that game. And if you remember, some of you may not, but that was the that was the night. The night before the game is was the time that I, I stumbled across Tyler Trent. Him and his buddy were camping out, trying to create student excitement for the football team uh and they were camping out uh outside the student section at Rossade Stadium and I I was covering a high school game at Benton Central and I just kinda drove by just to see what was going on. Uh and then I found these two and you know, then I think everybody's familiar with Tyler's story uh from that point forward. But uh I thought about that on my way to Tallahassee. It's like, yeah, that's uh he was really pumped up for the Michigan game. He was really excited to um, to get on board with football, and I remember him because I was in the press box early, and when they let the students in, I remember him uh, coming down the stairs uh, of Rossade Stadium to get in the front row, and he had his his body was painted, and uh, he was all fired up, and you know. The day before, he had gone to a chemotherapy treatment uh, in Indianapolis. You know, his dad's like, "Do you really want to do this?" And he did, and so on and so forth. But anyway, I thought about that traveling down here because uh, it, it's been a long time since Purdue played Michigan, and it's you know, it's been you know five five years or so. Uh, so, and we know the the, the impact or Trent had on not only the football program but. The athletic department and the university, uh, in general, uh, before his passing, uh, a few years ago. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. We'll be back, uh, to recap basketball, uh, against Florida State. And then we'll, uh, recap, uh, what happens Saturday night, early Sunday morning, uh, at the, at the football championship game as, uh, we put a wrap on the, uh, at least the regular season part of football uh as uh, Purdue, you know, is in a place it's never been before, the the Big Ten Championship game. So enjoy it as much as you can and then uh, uh we'll see how things play out and then uh be back afterwards to to kinda of sum up what happened and what might be next. Alright, thanks for stopping by, I appreciate it. Have a good day.